It's one of my favorite times of the year. It's time for line combinations. My prediction and what I would do coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, and thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, especially on our YouTube channel. Well, also on our YouTube channel, not especially. We love wherever you're listening. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is training camp week. We are less than a week away from the preseason. We are 23 days away from the start of the regular season between the Sabres and the Rangers. I woke up th- woke up this morning and watched some Devin Levi highlights just because I threw on some Levi highlights. Man, he was good at the end of last year because I'm excited about hockey season. We are oh so close. We got a lot to get to on today's show. One of my favorite shows uh, that we'll do before the season here, line combinations. And we'll do this more as the season approaches. Um, But to start training camp, I've got my prediction for what will happen. Sabre line combos 1.0 will be prediction of what happens, what Don Granado actually does. And then line combination 2.0 will be what I would do. What I would do, I would not anticipate that what I would do is what Don Granado will do. Maybe you get some of that, um, but I've got that for you a little bit later on in today's show. And I'd love to get the fans uh, included on the show on what you would do for line combinations. Maybe there's a line out there that you haven't seen anybody put together, a player combination that you like that you never see anybody do that you like, and you could throw that line towards us at Lockdown Sabres on uh, Twitter or on our YouTube channel. As well, appreciated uh, Matt pointing out on our uh, Twitter account that uh, I mentioned in the last episode, Bills and Sabres both play in Washington on Sunday. The Sabres play the Capitals at 2 o'clock. Bills play the Commanders at 1 o'clock. And I think I made a comment about, oh, they just couldn't, you know, get together transportation-wise. Didn't realize this, but now that I think about it, it makes sense. The Capitals play in D.C. Commanders play in Maryland. Um, in, uh, is it Arlington? Or I don't even know. No, Arlington's in Virginia. But either way, it doesn't matter. They don't play in the same spot, even though their uh, their team names are the same for location. But anyways, that's what's coming up. Uh, Prospects Challenge is finished, and it didn't end. It actually really couldn't have ended in a worse way. It really couldn't have. The first two games are great. Sabres were scoring goals, and all the prospects looked good. And then the third game showed up on Monday afternoon, and the Sabres got shut out. 3 to nothing loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, so that's not fun. And even less fun... Matthew Savoy, a guy that I was most interested to see at training camp, he gets hurt on the first shift of the game, took a hard hit behind the net. He left the ice, did not return, and the update on Savoy is he's going to miss the start of training camp. We don't have a concrete timeline, but the fact that we already have an idea that he's not going to be ready for training camp, I expect this to be a week-to-week injury for Savoy. And for a guy whose situation is completely up in the air. Is he going to go to juniors? Is he going to get the nine-game sample with the Sabres? Him not getting a full camp? I mean, there's really nobody on the team that needed a full camp more than Savoy to do everything you can to get him ready to be in the NHL because he's too good for juniors. He can't go to the AHL, and you might think he's not ready for the NHL. 
And now that he's injured, that makes everything even a lot harder. But I think what ends up happening with Savoy is he'll go to Rochester. His first games of the year will be for the Amherst on a conditioning assignment when he gets healthy. Then he'll get his nine games with the Sabres, and then they'll decide whether he'll go back to juniors or he'll ride out the season in the NHL. But would not anticipate that at all that he's ready for the Sabres uh, or able to play for the Sabres, even if he's healthy, by opening night. So that's not a great uh, news update. One around the league thing to get to before we get to the line combinations. There was a goalie trade on Tuesday. I did an episode last week on goalie moves that are still out there. Maybe Thatcher Demko is a name I've always liked for the Sabres. We talked about the big names like Hellebuck and John Gibson. Um, Yaroslav Halak is a late free agent signing as an idea. And also Comrie versus Lukanen. And which guy is more deserving or I think will win the number two job? Well, there was a goalie trade in the league. Casey DeSmith who was sent to Montreal in the Eric Carlson trade. That was like a three-team trade. DeSmith gets sent to the Vancouver Canucks. Tanner Pearson and a third-round pick go back to Montreal. DeSmith joins Thatcher Demko in Vancouver. And that was my first thought of, ooh, is this a precursor to Demko being actually traded out of Vancouver? Doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Doesn't sound like it's in the cards at all. In fact, Kind of want to rule it out after the Canucks announced Quinn Hughes this week as their captain. They had a couple of leaders at the press conference, just a couple of players that are seen as the leadership group, and Demko was one of them. In fact, the coach even mentioned that Demko was in the running to wear the C, which I think maybe Vancouver did that with Luongo, but you never see teams do that with goalies. I'm still not even sure if it's allowed, but Demko is a part of that leadership group, and it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. But DeSmith, hey, he was available. Maybe the Sabres could have had him. Pearson, Victor Olofsson, Olofsson in a third for DeSmith. That was out there. DeSmith is not great, but he's fine. He's a, he's a league average goaltender. 31st out of 79 goalies last year and goal saved above expected. He did fine when pressed into duty for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Had a couple of nice games actually against the Sabres last year as it stands. Um a 905 save percentage last year, a 914 the year prior, and a 912 the year before that. In fact, 916, 921. I mean, he's been above 912 every year playing limited action, never playing more than uh, last year was the most in 38 games, and he came down to a 905. 905, man, like that is still better than Lukanen and Comrie. So I would have liked to have, I would have liked to have DeSmith. Um, for that price, even Olsen in a third, I would have done that. I would have traded Olsen in a third for uh, for Casey DeSmith because I am darn near desperate to get a goaltender. Maybe I'm going over the top of it, but I'm about desperate to get a goaltender. Um, so, anyways, that's what happened around the league today. All right, time out here. When we come back, line combos 1.0, my predicted lineup, what I think will happen for opening night against the New York Rangers, and then what I want to have happen, what I would do. That's a little bit later on on today's show. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on Lockdown Sabres. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is here. Hockey season's right around the corner. Basketball season's right around the corner as well. And you got the baseball playoffs. October, best sports month of the year. September, maybe a close second or a close third. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, 
There's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, futures. You've got those out there for the Sabres right now as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. Kick off the NFL season with FanDuel. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And now it is time for Line Combinations 1.0, which is the predicted lineup that I think Donald Granada will put together after training camp is over for the start of the season against the New York Rangers. And starting with line number one. Again, the lines I think are going to come to fruition as Bernardo goes about his line. All right, let's start off with line number one. The line that was together most of last year, the best, one of the best lines in hockey offensively, and a line that I can very well see being, you know, staying together. Tage Thompson at center, Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner was a little bit of a thought, Sabres.com, and I'll get to this a little bit later on. But Casey Middlestat proved he could play between Skinner and Tuck at the end of last year. But I don't see that happening for the start of the year. Not going to rule it out. It's a possibility. I think Tage goes back between Skinner and Tuck. Line number two. This is where it really stings that you don't have Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn, a guy that I thought would have the biggest breakout for the Sabres this season. No Jack Quinn. All right, so what do you do? You had Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka all last year. What do you do for night one? I do think the Sabres will keep J.J. Paterka and Dylan Cousins together. They had a lot of chemistry last year. Cousins and Paterka both have a ton of speed and a ton of skill as well. They play well off each other. Both are pretty good finishers and playmakers, well-rounded offensive players. Um, You want more from Cousins in his own end. Paterka, I wouldn't expect that. Who goes with him? I think Casey Middlestad is the right answer. Middlestad is versatile, can play on his off wing on the right side, can play center a little bit too if you want to mix him and Cousins in and out depending on what side of the ice the faceoff is and you want to keep it that way after the play begins. I think Middlestad is the obvious answer to jump into the top six. He was great at the end of last year. And yeah, he was playing with Tuck and he was playing with Skinner. But really, I just, really, Middlestad played pretty well at least in every situation and adapted to every situation he played a lot with victor olsen last year big reason why he has a ton of assists because he had a shooter that could only shoot on his line how would middlestat play with cousins and paterka i think he'd fit right in i think you'd have a lot of speed on that line all three would do well playing off each other all three are pretty good finishers cousin and paterka more so than middlestat but i think he would fit in just fine playing with those two and the sabers could have two legit top lines to start the year Line three on projected lines 1.0. Peyton Krebs centering Jordan Greenway and Victor Olofsson. I do think Olofsson is in the lineup and is not traded. I think if they would have done that by now, I think the Quinn injury resets what Olofsson means to the team. Before, he was expendable. Now, maybe still a little expendable, but the goal scoring is more needed than it was before because with, with, uh, with Quinn being out. Krebs being at the third line center spot to me is important because that's a guy that has a lot of skill. He was drafted in the first round because of it. He was seen as Vegas's best prospect at one time because of the skill. Everybody can't be a goal scorer in this team. Someone had to learn how to play responsibly in their own end. That was placed upon Krebs. 
But is there more there offensively for Peyton Krebs? I believe there is, and I would imagine Don Granado believes there is as well. So, you're not putting him on a big line. I don't think Granado will do that, but he's giving him a bump. Instead of a Poso and Jurgensen's, he'll get Olsen, a sniper that scored 30 goals last year, and Jordan Greenway, a power forward that can help Krebs out and maybe a little bit with spacing because Krebs is a smaller player. Krebs, by the way, also is kind of a rat, right? Like he likes to get into things. Having Greenway on his line, you know, if you want the extracurricular uh, advantage, uh, maybe he'll be freed up to do a little bit more uh, on the edge. Remember how Brad Marchand forever would do whatever he wanted? Why? Because he had Zdeno Chara back there ready to protect him. Maybe Krebs is doing that more with Greenway. But Greenway's a, a better offensive player to me than what you have now with Gergensen and Oposo. Um, Not my favorite player, but I think Krebs with Greenway and Olsen fits the bill. Gives you a little bit of defensive prowess with Krebs and Greenway. Olsen's liability there. But you have a little bit of everything on that line. Krebs stays at center, and you get... Um, you know, a couple of upgraded offensive players with him. I think Granado will do that. And line four, I think, is Tyson Jost between Zemgus Gergensen's and Kyle Okposo. I think both veterans are in the lineup. Uh, of course, I think Jost is in the lineup. They signed him back. Um, they've got him at center. So I think it's going to be Jost uh, that is centering that fourth line. They've re-signed him for a reason. Uh, he could end up being an extra, and maybe he was in line to be that before a Quinn injury. But the versatility, and he's played with those two also. Um, I think he's a natural fit to be the fourth-line center on this team, allowing Krebs to bump up in the lineup. And maybe that was important to bring Jost back to allow them to bump Krebs up in the lineup. What I don't have on the forward group is any kids. No Yuri Kulik, no Isaac Roseanne. Savoy, I don't think, is going to be ready. I might have put Savoy on the, my prediction lineup um, if he hadn't gotten hurt, but he did. I don't think Kulik, I don't think Roseanne, I don't think Zach Benson. I think the Sabres go rookie-less with their forward group and night number one. How about the defensemen? This is going to be pretty straightforward. In fact, I have the same defense group for both my prediction and what I would do. Matias Samuelson, Rasmus Dahlin. You are not splitting those two up. Those two are going to be together forever. Owen Powers' partner is very interesting. And I've gone back and forth on this. There was a time where I thought it'd be Eric Johnson. And if you ask me again in three days, I might tell you it's going to be Eric Johnson that opens the season with Owen Power. But I, sitting here today, think it's going to be Connor Clifton. I think Clifton, you know, it was a bigger signing, a longer contract, a more expensive contract. Clifton talked extensively in his opening season, uh, or on his uh, press conference after he signed, about having an elevated uh, role in the Sabres lineup as compared to Boston. Boston, he was a third-pair defenseman that had really nice results. I think part of the reason he's here and even chose to come here is he foresees being a second-pair defenseman with riding shotgun with Owen Power for the next three years. And I think the Sabres start off with that. He's a nice fit. He's a stay-at-home defenseman. He's smaller, but he's physical. It might allow for Power to kind of do whatever he wants. Uh, jump up in the play if he wants. Take some chances. Kind of be... What Samuelson is for Darlene, but for power. I think Clifton is the guy that the Sabres will start the season with on the right side. And then the third pair is really hard also. You've got Riley Stillman. You've got Jacob Bryson. They're both left shots. I'm going to go two righties. I think the Sabres will go two righties. In part because I can't decide which of these two they would healthy scratch. I guess a lot of people would say Henry Okiharu. I just don't think Don Granato would do it. I think he likes Okiharu a lot. and I could... I could see him wanting Yoki Haru in a third-pair role. Maybe that would improve his game. 
and they're not going to scratch Eric Johnson. They just signed him. They've talked a lot about his leadership and how important he will be to the room. I can't see them scratching him on night number one. Maybe he'll be a scratch load management at some point during the year. I've got Johnson playing on his offside uh, on the left, um, in part because he's got a booming shot and he's got 15 years of experience that I think maybe, you know, I'm not sure how much he's played in the left. I'd imagine he's played some, though, over 15 years, considering how long he's played, 920 games. Um, so I think Johnson makes more sense to play in the left than Yoki Haru does. And then in goal, Devin Levi, of course, is your night one starter, and I think Ukapekalukkanen is your night one backup. I would imagine that that's what he's going to be. Um, they value him. They value his uh, development and his potential still. I think Lukanen will be the guy, and they'll find something to do with Comrie. Probably waivers would be my guess. That's my prediction. What about what I would do? And then you could tell me after what you like more, what you think, what I think the Sabres will do, or what I would do. Next, projected lines 2.0 what I would do if I were the coach of the Buffalo Sabres and also before training camp, of course. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are presented by Jace Medical, one of our newer sponsors. And Jace Medical, I'm glad to have them because they are they are they're doing something really important. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics that um, that for emergency use, it gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast, and thanks for making us your first listen every day. We just had my predicted lines for the season. Now, what I would do. What I would do for the start of the Buffalo Sabres season, and we start with line number one i'm gonna mix it up a little bit i'm the guy who likes to experiment with the different line combinations you could always go back to what works let's get crazy to start the year let's start with a line that the sabers finished with last year that thrived when they played together i'm gonna put casey middlestat between jeff skinner and alex talk simply because it worked it was great. It had near the same results that it did when Thompson was on the line. So why not have Thompson run his own line? Because you're getting almost the same results when Middlestat is on that top line. Last year, down the stretch, Middlestat had five goals in the final five games, loaded up with assists as Thompson was out as well. And he really, it really propelled him to that 59 point total that he had. Look at his splits last year, Middlestat. Look at what he did. He led the team in points in the final month of the season, by the way. Like, he was dynamite. And in the month of April, I mentioned that the final month where he led the team in points, he had 13 points in eight games. Solid. Keep him up there. Put him at center with Talk and Skinner. They work well together. And what that will allow the Sabres to do is Thompson running his own line so that you could have 
not two great offensive lines, but three great offensive lines because now I've got Thompson and Cousins each running their own line with Middlestat um, being surrounded by their two best wingers. So what do I have for Tage Thompson? I have Thompson centering Victor Olofsson and Peyton Krebs. Maybe I'm going too far with Krebs. And a big counterpoint to me putting him on this line is Krebs has struggled to this point on the wing mightily. He has played much better at center. So I'm putting a little bit of projection in here that Krebs, another year of maturity, another year getting his foot in the door in the NHL. That was his first full season, really, where he's played more than but more than 60 games. That now uh, at 22, soon to be 23 years old, that he is more mature and will be more versatile to play on the wing. The reason I kind of want to put him in there is this would be Thompson's line. He would be the guy running everything. But you're giving Thompson two types of players. Thompson has developed into both an elite sniper, one of the best in the league, while I'm giving him a great passer, a great playmaker in Peyton Krebs. Thompson's also developed into a great playmaker, and I'm giving him a sniper of Victor Olsson. So if he wants to be the finisher on a given shift, he's got Krebs. If he wants to be a playmaker on a given shift, he's got Olsson. I don't know how this line would probably be pretty rough in its own end, but you have Krebs for that to help out a little bit. I like this line combination. You're going to need Krebs to really progress playing as a winger. But if he can, this is a nice combination of skill sets. I think Thompson, Krebs, and Olsen. Line three, really more of a 1C. Really, this is, a, this is why I like these lines that I put together. It's not 1, 2, 3. It's 1A, 1B, 1C, and then 4. 1C, I'll call it. Dylan Cousins with J.J. Paterka. I'm keeping them together, and I'm throwing the rookie up there, Yuri Kulik. I want to see a rookie make this team night one, and I think that Yuri Kulik is the man to do it if anybody does it, despite the fact that Isaac Roseanne looks so good at the Prospects Challenge. I kind of also like the idea of Dylan Cousins being the welcoming committee for the top Sabres prospects. Do it every year. Next year, put him with Roseanne and uh, Benson. And then the year after that, put him with whoever else is next. Like Cousins last year played with two rookies and he thrived and he really helped them out, I think, uh, get their feet wet in the NHL. So I'm not putting him with two new rookies. He's getting Paterka back. And Paterka, after a full off season and hopefully some maturity, getting a little bit bigger and uh, being coming a more consistent player, I think that Cousins will even see growth in his game because he's got a v- not a veteran, but he's got a year two guy. And yes, I'm putting him with a rookie because I think this is how you put Kulik into the league. Kulik surrounded by, hey, a guy that just went through this in Paterka and a mature young player, but two, uh, C- Cousins and Paterka both are great playmakers, by the way. And Kulik in Rochester has been a finisher. So, hey, I'm going to put you on this line with Cousins and Paterka. I'm really not going to ask you to do a ton other than score and play off of these two. I don't need you to carry the puck all the time. I don't need you to be the zone entry guy. I don't need you to be the responsible guy in his own end. The other two got that. You, I'm not saying Cooley can float around and do whatever he wants, but I think his margin for error and his margin to make mistakes as a rookie is increased because you'd be insulating him with Cousins and Paterko. And I think Kulik has got massive upside. He had a historically good year in the AHL. He did something that really 
nobody has ever done. He scored 24 goals as a teenager. Nobody has done that since 2000. In 23 years, it was the most goals scored in the AHL and the most points by a player that is under 20 years old. Historic development for Kulik. Take that next step. Put him with Cousins and Paterka. And my line four is Tyson Jost, Kyle Poso, and Zemgus Gerrigans. It's really the most interesting thing about my line four is the guy I left off. I am healthy scratching Jordan Greenway to start the year. I know the Sabres traded for him, and that's why I don't believe that they'll scratch him. I would. I just wasn't impressed. The reason I wasn't that impressed, for a big-bodied energy player, right? Isn't that what he is? Six foot six, physical, you know, drive a guy hard into the boards, front of the net, and put some goals in the back of the net. He's not really a high-energy player. I just don't see the motor with Jordan Greenway. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't seem like he's moving his feet all the time. I don't want to call him lazy. I just don't see that psychotic burst of energy where he's got to be involved in a play at all times so for that and because he's not really the most well-rounded two-way player and isn't the best goal scorer i'm not putting him in my opening night lineup Uh, i've got him out as the first healthy scratch blue line i don't need to spend much time on that i have the exact same group uh, as i uh, predicted the sabers will go with samuelson dalene power clifton and johnson yoki haru one change in net i said i kind of teased this thought the other day Levi is the number one. I've got Eric Comrie as my number two. For the simple reason of this is a playoff or bust season, and you've got two options. You've got a young Ukapekalukanen who has not played well at either the AHL or the NHL level in four seasons. Three three seasons, excuse me. Or I've got an Eric Comrie who was coming off an injury last year, and he's got one great year in the NHL. Limited action. But he's got a great year in the NHL. And on top of that, he's got a bunch of great years in the AHL as well. Like Comrie, you know, part of another reason I would put him above Lukanen, it's not just he's got a good NHL season that Lukanen doesn't have. Comrie's always been a great AHL goaltender. Uh, At least a good one. Maybe great is overstating it a little bit. Both levels of hockey, Comrie's been a better goaltender. So I would take the shot with him early in the year. See See if it really was about the injury. See if, you know... Maybe it just was the workload. He couldn't play a, a high workload. Put him back. Maybe put him back to what he was in Winnipeg. I don't think you can only play him 19 games. Maybe drop him down to like 30 or 35. Anyways, those are my lines. And I don't think those will happen again, if I uh, need to restate that. I don't think they'll happen uh, for the start of the year. I don't think Kulik, for instance, will make the team. Um, and I don't think that Comrie will be uh, will be the night one starter. Let me know what you think. You got a line combination that was not mentioned on today's show. I would love to hear it and read it on, uh, on our next episode. So thanks for listening. We'll uh, have full coverage of training camp throughout the week. And we'll talk preseason on Monday's show next week as the Sabres and Capitals play Sunday. Hockey's here. The players report uh, tomorrow for testing, and then they'll be on the ice for practice uh, on Thursday. Stay tuned. We'll be covering it all here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter, at Sneaky Joe Sports on Twitter, and check out the YouTube channel as well. We'll talk to you next time here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.